Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe. Now that MTSU's new Physician Assistant Studies program is accredited, applications are being accepted for consideration. The master's degree program seeks to help fill a need for more healthcare professionals that preceded the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic and continues to this day. Dr. Marie Patterson, director of the program and an associate professor in the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences, is with us to talk about the requirements and the kind of students who will make the program a success. We'll be right back after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU is honoring a gifted and prolific sculpture professor with a new retrospective exhibit of his work and an opportunity to help talented students take up his tools. James Gibson, A Life in Sculpture, a retrospective, opened March 14th in the university's Todd Art Gallery found in room 224 of Todd Hall on Old Main Circle. The exhibit will run through April 2nd during the gallery's regular hours, weekdays from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Gibson, who taught in MTSU's College of Liberal Arts from 1970 to 1999 and was named a professor emeritus in 2000, sculpted more than 500 pieces during his lifetime. And five professors from four MTSU colleges, joined by the Vice Provost for International Affairs, are off on a South American adventure aiming to boost student and faculty educational partnerships online. Specialties include fermentation science, information technology, interior design, journalism, and social work. MTSU faculty members and Vice Provost Robert Summers are on a two-week trip to Mendoza, Argentina and two cities in Peru to visit university peers and discuss how students and faculty there and here can work together to expand online learning worldwide. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Marie, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Give us a status report on the program as it stands today. We are fully accredited with ARC-PA. We have what's called accreditation provisional. That's fully accredited. It just means indicates that we're a new program. We've had several hundred applicants for this cycle. And then at the end of April, we'll be opening for our second cohort of students. What sorts of settings can use physician assistants other than doctors, clinics, and hospitals? Oh, all all settings. So you'll find PAs in every specialty. That's what makes us so um, very popular is, you know, we don't specialize. So we're taught as generalists. So you'll see us in the hospitals. You'll see us in the OR and the ER and the ICU. You'll see us in every type of clinic and outpatient clinics. You'll see us in specialties and subspecialties. You'll see us in family medicine and internal medicine. So really the smallest rural clinic, you know, out in a rural community to the biggest metropolitan hospital. You'll really see us anywhere and everywhere. Can a physician's assistant get a a deal uh, like some physicians have received, such as uh, I'll pay your full tuition if you will agree to set up a clinic in this highly underserved population over here? So there are HRSA um, and other uh, opportunities like that for students, and that's where you agree ahead of time to go to underserved areas, and they will pay back a a significant portion of your tuition. Um, And that's been around for a long time. Um, So that's an opportunity that we'll definitely talk to our students about and 
and it's our mission too as well to, to hopefully get our patients or get our students to go into rural and underserved areas so that you know we can do more for patients in this state because I don't know if you know this but there's counties plural in Tennessee where there are no physicians practicing at all so that's scary and that just shows you that there's a lot of need in those in those counties so you know we're hoping to be able to be part of the solution to increasing access to care here in Tennessee. Why would that be? Is it that the uh, healthcare professionals don't feel they can earn enough of a living to keep a practice going? Is it because they don't have proximity to the amenities that they want as, as part of their lifestyle? Yeah. What's going it's, it's, on? It's all of the above. It's trying to get somebody who has astronomical student loans to pay back to agree to to make less pretty much for the rest of your career and to be in what some might think is a less desirable part of the state to live in, meaning a more rural area where you're not going to have access to things as easily. And so unless you're from that area or unless you just really have a heart to be in, in Tennessee, it's going to be more of your rural areas. So unless you just have a heart to be in those areas, that's what it is. It's, it's cost of, of, you know, their, tu- their tuition and their, you know, student loan payback. And then, you know, they're, they're usually jobs, unfortunately, that do pay significantly less. So you're trying to get somebody who has astronomical loans that they have to pay to agree to go somewhere where that's going to be a harder thing to do. And it may not be somewhere where they really want to raise a family at the end of the day because of whatever reason. And so I'm hoping that because we are the lowest in-state tuition by far, that hopefully our lower tuition coupled with us intentionally putting students in those high need areas, it's going to hopefully equal out to more of them staying in those areas because they'll be able to hopefully make the financial part work because their tuition rate is going to be significantly lower. So, you know, the amount of loans that they have to pay back is is going to be significantly less. What's the application process? What do you have to do exactly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to go on to CASPA, which is the national PA admissions portal that's open to you know, anybody who wants to go to PA school and, you know, 98, 99% of all PA programs use it. So usually a student will go on there, a potential student, and they'll decide how many schools they want to apply to. They'll pay the fees. Um, And so, yes, we will have applicants from around here, but we'll also have applicants who know nothing, who may not have even been to Tennessee before, who just, for whatever reason, somehow we got their attention and they want to apply here. Maybe they got on our website. Maybe they see our mission statement. Maybe they're just interested in a basketball team, you know, doing really well. Sometimes it's something really random and then they'll apply. So they'll apply in CASPA. They'll choose us as a school that they want to apply to. They'll pay, pay the supplemental fee and then they have to meet all of our requirements. And so the first step is we work with somebody in the graduate college. So we have a graduate analyst who goes over everything requirement wise and decides whether they've met our requirements inside our system. And then it gets sent to us. And then we do what we call a, f- a faculty holistic review. So that's when we're taking a look at the, the extra credit points, if you will, and deciding the actual score on each piece person that meets all of our requirements. So you'll have some people that apply who don't meet your requirements. Maybe they have a lower GPA. Maybe they didn't do any PA patient 
provider shadowing, maybe they didn't do any enough volunteer work, whatever the case may be. Um, and so they'll get weeded out because of that. And then otherwise, if they've met all of our requirements, if they've taken all the prereqs, if they've done everything else that we said was a requirement, then their application gets sent to us and we review everyone. So that's when we do what I call the holistic review, meaning is for me, it's not as much about your GPA. Once we've decided you've been able to prove that you could do the work and handle PA school, then it becomes more about who you are. So are you a first-generation college student? You know, did you grow up in an area that was medically underserved? Um, you know, all those types of things that we have listed on our website as mission-aligned attributes. And so then you get a score. And then when it's time for an interview day, we go through and we take the top people that have the top scores. And that's really how it is. That's how it works. And we're very transparent about that. And our accrediting body expects us to be very transparent about that. And we have, you know, all of those things listed on our website that we give points for so that students know or applicants know ahead of time what it is that we're looking for. Because a lot of times that's what they have questions about. It's like, what are you looking for? Well, it should be on everybody's website, but a lot of times people aren't good about that. And we, we try to really stick with that and say, here's what we care about. Here's what we give points for so that they can go on there and they can review it themselves and see what it is that we think is um, a top candidate. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data. TERA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TERA, which has members in 20 states and 7 nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about applying for MTSU's Physician Assistant Studies Program with Dr. Marie Patterson of the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences. What are the academic requirements for admission? This first cycle, we decided on the 3.0 minimums for the four GPA requirements that we have. And then every end of cycle, we'll 
go over as an admissions committee what our requirements for the next cycle will be, be that academic or volunteer work or patient contact hours. And so, you know, we're kind of in the process of deciding what that will be for the second cohort. So before we open in CASPA that second time, we'll be able to have that on our website for people to go and review. What classes will the students take? So all of those are listed on our website, but the, the backbone of the program is the clinical medicine series, which really spans across three semesters of the didactic portion. And it's really integrated systems-based and that will um, go across five different courses in the, in the backbone of the curriculum, which is the scientific basis of medicine, which is physiology, the clin med, the pharmacology, the lab and diagnostics, and also the physical exam. So that, that'll all be systems-based. And then we'll have various other, you know, one-off courses such as anatomy and ethics and things like that. You have uh, so far admitted alumni, veterans, and first-generation college students mm -hmm. to this point. Is this happenstance or is this part of a conscientious striving for diversity? Yes, so that is part of our mission statement. We want to recruit a diverse group of students because then they will be able to go out and treat a diverse group of patients. So we want a diverse group of possible as possible in our student body. And so, so, so far we've been very successful with that. First generation college students, veterans, um, we have alumni from MTSU. So we're really proud so far of this first group that we have coming in. Uh, are there any special fees associated with the program as there are in disciplines such as aerospace and nursing? Special fees to apply is $70 is the supplemental fee. Having a supplemental fee is very common in PA education for application purposes. Um, and so they do have that that they paid to apply to our program. Is there any sort of a cap on the number of students the program can accept in any given semester or in any given window of opportunity? So the program can accept 30 students and we have turned that in for accreditation purposes and we would not be able to ask for an increase um, for seven years. So we're locked in at 30 students for seven years and usually the clinical rotation spots are the rate limiting factor in that. So if we're going to potentially ask for more students, we have to prove to our accrediting body that we have the clinical support um, out there in the community to support um, bringing in new students. What sort of room is available for growth in this program, both in terms of faculty and in terms of classes? So again, our clinical rotations are always going to be the big issue with growth. Um, faculty and staff is something that we are required by accreditation to monitor. It's called sufficiency and effectiveness of faculty and staff. And so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, even just with our own numbers that we have right now, because this university has not had a PA program before. Um, but then if we're talking growth, again, we'd have to go and, and see, you know, how many do we think it would take to increase by, you know, whatever that number might be. And so that's just something that we'll continually monitor. Beyond the uh, need, uh, but the financial need of the student uh, to have a, a reasonable career and also the need for people to fill the professional spots, what kind of person would be driven uh, to become a physician assistant? I think anybody that's interested in healthcare and maybe doesn't 
want to get locked into the idea of what do I want to do? What specialty what do I want to be in for the rest of my life? You know, the great thing about being a PA is we're flexible. So we don't specialize. We're the only clinician that doesn't have to specialize. And so we're taught as generalists. So you have, you know, sky's the limit on what you can go into. And so somebody who wants to give back to their community, but at the same time, they don't really know, you know, where they want to end up working. That's a perfect fit for one to be a PA. What is the situation with the, the wherewithal of clinics and hospitals and other institutions to hire more people to be PAs at this time? Can, do, can they hire uh, there's a, something of a hiring crisis right now throughout the economy, but do they have the money to pay these people a decent salary and benefits, even though they may need them so very much? I think we all see now there's no lack of patients out there in the world that need to be seen and, and helped. And so uh, I think um, PA profession has grown astronomically over the last several years. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. You know, thank goodness, you know, during a global pandemic, we still have a lot of dedicated healthcare workers and, you know, a lot of people excited about still going into healthcare. And I think that's a great thing. And and the reward is great, even during a global pandemic, when you think people would be and are, you know, concerned about their own family lives and their own health, you know, you still have great people out there who are willing to risk that in order to help other people. And I think there's a lot of good people in this world. And so you're still seeing a a lot of people that are interested in the profession. Time for another break. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte Gross, WISE advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Dr. Marie Patterson, who's director of the Physician Assistant Studies Program and an associate professor in the College of Behavioral and Health Sciences 
Uh, Marie, is it a, a particularly challenging time for PAs and other healthcare professionals insofar as making themselves understood to their patients and clients in an atmosphere in which uh, misinformation about not only the COVID-19 vaccine, but all kinds of illnesses seem to be infesting social media and other sorts of communication platforms. Fighting information, misinformation has something that's always been a challenge when you see patients. You're never going to see patients all day long who believe everything that you believe. And so it's always important to go into it um, on a on a term and a way that you want to educate your patient and help them make the right decision. But at the end of the day, you know that it is their decision to make. And so all you can do is yourself stay updated um, with evidence-based medicine, know where to go for, you know, legitimate information so that you can help point your patients in the right direction. And then just teaching our students compassion and um, empathy and realizing that sometimes people don't have the same tools that we do to kind of make those right decisions. And so just trying to help them along the way, but at the same time in a non-judgmental manner. The people who believe the conspiracy theories don't want to be told, are you out of your mind by the people who believe the science? And so they don't just don't talk to each other. Right. And as a clinician, you know, like I said, it, yeah, it's coming to a head now, but that's always been going on. And so you just have to approach it with, you know, with empathy. And I've always been one to say, kind of give them information and here's why I feel the way that I do. But at the end of the day, it's their body and respecting the fact that they do have say so over their body and not trying to argue and, and get defensive myself and realizing you know, beliefs are a hard thing to crack. You know, there's a lot to go into why we believe what we believe. And so you're not going to be able to, to go through all that in a 15 minute appointment. And so you just do the best you can give them facts, give them evidence-based medicine and doing it in a compassionate, empathetic way where they feel like they can trust you. Because again, you could not only be keeping somebody from coming back to you, but you might turn them off to the whole medical community in and of itself. And so it's a dangerous and a very important thing to remember as a clinician that each encounter matters. And so being, being somebody that's approachable and caring, um, regardless of the decision that they're going to make and whether you believe what they believe or not is, is huge. You know, you do the best you can and you realize that you're not going to change everybody's mind. And that's just something you have to accept and you have to just go home and think I did the best I could. You know, I gave them factual evidence and I did it in a loving way. And hopefully Mm -hmm. they see that even if I don't agree with what they said, that they feel that they could come back to me and that I would take care of them and, you know, be non-judgmental in that. Right. So you can work pretty much anywhere and everywhere in the healthcare arena. So you can work in the most metropolitan, busiest level one trauma center, and you can work in a rural clinic where there's no other healthcare workers in the entire county and anywhere in between in any specialty. So that's what the, the great thing about being a PA is, is we're very flexible and can work in a variety of settings. So inpatient, outpatient, OR, ER, subspecialty, internal medicine, family medicine, you know, it really runs the gamut on where you can find a PA. And if you'd like to know more, go to mtsu.edu and in the search engine, type in physician assistant studies and it'll take you right to that page. Or you can email Marie at marie.patterson, common spelling at mtsu.edu. Marie, thanks for being our guest. Thank you so much. 
We'll be right back. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. EYH also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Stephanie Barrett has the middle moment. Two longtime professional musicians, Bo Tackett, Blake Shelton's current guitarist of over 14 years, and Adam Davis, Sturgill Simpson's former guitarist, shared why they chose to pursue an advanced degree with MTSU's Master of Music program. Why MTSU? One is location. I live about an hour away from Murfreesboro, so I know that I could get to campus most days of the week that my schedule would allow. 
also I heard just from several different people that the uh, the jazz program was a legit program there in the uh, School of Music. I had taken uh, a class from Chip Henderson, who is the jazz guitar instructor. I knew I would be studying with him. I was impressed uh, by his knowledge in the genre and his playing. Well, I chose MTSU for grad school um, because I had finished my undergraduate degree there. And I'm, I'm well aware of the faculty. There are a lot of people that I have a lot of respect for, um, in some cases have worked with. I'm just aware of what they're capable of and how great they are as teachers, as well as players and performers. And there just wasn't really a better option for me in the Nashville area. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University is produced by the university's marketing and communications office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.